This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong, alongside, as always, Mary Lucas, representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you today? Doing well. I'm trying to learn how to walk stairs again, per my physical therapist. I, I had knee surgery, so I'm along with many of our listeners who have done physical therapy and, and uh, facing the joy of having a physical therapist who uh, is very hard on me. You're like a professional athlete, you know, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. just... You were only on the bench for just a, a few weeks, but you're you're back at it. You know, rehab is going well. We're yeah. going to see you back in the starting lineup soon. I That's think. right. I'm headed there right after this, so I'm going to get a bunch of grief also for showing up in a in a dress. Uh, but uh, oh well, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll power through. We'll get through it. We've got a good show today, and you know, speaking of which, you're recovering, so no falls. Oh my and goodness, that's, right? That's what we're talking about: preventing falls. Uh, approach before and after and we've got a great guest here with us in the studio we have Brittany McKinney she's a physician's assistant with Shea Medical Brittany thank you so much for being here with us today of course thanks so much for having me I'm so thrilled to be here you know what's interesting is you know talking about physical therapy I the first thing that you they say to you when you go, go to the physical therapist office is they're like have you fallen in the last 90 days or something and uh, funny enough, I did fall right after knee surgery. I fell down the stairs and um, it really impacted me and set me back quite a bit. And I'm not in a place that a lot of um, people that are a little bit older than me can be where falls can be really detrimental to your health. And even that set me back weeks and I ended up having to likely get my knee drained in a few weeks and like all these other things. But um, I, I just didn't realize the impact of a fall and how bad it can be. It's everything. It yes. is everything. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about what kinds of things can cause a fall. In my situation, it was I just could not bend my knee. And I did not pick up my foot high enough to get down the stairs. And that's what happened. But it's not always a rug or, you know, the stairs. It can be anything. Are there medical conditions? Talk to us a little bit about what causes it. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the real question is what doesn't cause it? Because <laughs> there's literally every element of each of us. We all have different conditions and we all take different medicines, vitamins, supplements. All of these things can contribute. So in your case, of course, it was a physical debility that created Mm -hmm. a situation where you couldn't recover in that situation where you just stepped funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But ironically, it's always something little Mm -hmm. that creates something big. So it can be, especially as we age, the littlest change, whether it's not drinking the water in the morning, or we haven't had the food to get our blood sugar to appropriate level. But a small change is that catalyst that just automatically changes everything else and just sets you up for the next fall. So of course you can have conditions like the joyful diabetes, Mm -hmm. hypertension, orthostatic hypotension and in English just kind of getting dizzy when you stand up. Mm. Um, Other things like neuropathy, so where you have a loss of awareness of sensation in your feet or hands and that can change your balance or your grips when you're walking. So all of these little details end up becoming big details and in turn create that risk for fall to get even higher. 
Yeah, I, I, my physical therapist, when I came to him right after my fall, he was like, you know, your knee is not moving because it's swollen and it's not you. And I said, well, I can't bend it. Like, is that something that's physically wrong? And he was like, no, it's just the swelling. And that's why you can't bend it. And it's like, oh, well, anything could swell on me and cause me to fall. Right. And then, of course, when that happened, you're set up for the next, next event. <laughs> and then the next fall occurs. So right. it's just a catch-22 because you always want to prevent it which hopefully yeah. will be the biggest thing that we'll go through with mm-hmm. a lot of details but yeah once it happens you always try to re- prevent it mm-hmm. but then at the same time you got to recover from it too so you don't end up setting yourself up for another situation you mentioned medications are there certain medications that can put you at a higher risk or can too many medications put you at a higher risk for falls absolutely absolutely so there is a list called the beers criteria and the beers criteria goes through these high risk medications that increase risk of falls and other bad things that are going to happen as we get older. So these medications that are on this list typically cause in like a more simpler approach drying up Mm. of our body. So it causes our brain to have more issues and can cause our muscles to have decreased awareness or our brain to have decreased awareness of what we're doing. So at the end of the day, these medications increase our risk of falls just with one of them on board. But then, of course, the more you add to the candy store, (laughs) the more interactions that happen, the more our body doesn't tolerate it, and then we are set up for another situation. So no matter how few meds we take or how many meds we take, it does continue to contribute. So it could just simply be one medication that Mm -hmm. your body just doesn't respond to like someone else's might, or it could be five medications. So Mm -hmm. both of which are going to create a risk, Mm -hmm. and it's all about understanding how your body's tolerating it. Are you taking it at the right time? Are you taking it with the right food or liquid and things like that to minimize the risk of the side effects of those meds? It's really helpful. I know that you work in a lot of our local facilities um, and a lot of people leave or many people who are in the hospital for a fall are coming from a facility setting. Um, And I hear a lot on our side of things at transitions of like all that happened when she fell and And to us, that can sometimes be a, quote, tipper event. Um, Why should someone be concerned about a fall risk for themselves or a loved one? It's something that I like to warn people about, but tell us a little bit more about your perspective and the settings that you see. Well, one, the second you have a fall, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing is not every patient wants to tell the world that they've had it. Yes. And so that always creates an issue because when we're secretive about these falls, (laughs) everyone that loves us or around us doesn't know what to look for in those capacities. So one, the big thing is when we have a fall, it can create like an unsafe environment for a certain period of time that we have to be closely watched. And so that fall itself can kind of cause some big changes in that capacity. Um, The other details I would say most importantly when we have these falls and kind of especially going into a hospital setting or changes is our body isn't as young as it once was. Mm -hmm. No matter how young or how experienced we are in life, it creates a struggle and we have to recover from that fall initially. Mm -hmm. So there's a a period of rehab, just like your physical therapist is pounding in, (laughs) um, that we have to be able to kind of find that new balance um, across the board. So that's what kind of sets us up for that next step to make sure it's going in the right direction Mm -hmm. and we're not going back to the floor. You know, that's funny you bring that up. Not funny, but um, bringing up how lying about a fall. Um, my grandfather, he, he fell in his independent living facility and pulled the cord in the bathroom and they came and picked him up and 
when they did that, they called my dad, obviously, and they were like, he fell. And so we go to see my grandpa to check on him after his fall. And, and the ambulance came, but he said, I'm not getting in there. I'm staying right where always, I'm at. Always. Always. Right? That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, my, my dad came, and we're all like, Grandfather, Grandpa, how's it going? I, I, we heard you had a fall. I didn't fall. It's like the scarlet letter of life. <laughs> That and a walker, I, I will never be able to overcome them with patience. Like it is so challenging. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's something we want to hide because one, as family members, I can't tell you how many patients like in privacy are like, "Don't tell my daughter about this fall. Yes. They're totally going to move me, and I'm not going to be able to stay here." So it's a fear. Right. Um, but then on top of that, the second part is they're going to make me have an assistive device and have this walker, and then I can't sit at the table that I want to because there's nowhere to park it there. Yeah. And then there's like 500 other complaints that I hear. So. Yes, hiding it, my least favorite. So I always try to pry those details out. But I also try to educate and say, this is why we need to tell our family. This is why we need to tell our friends. Because someone should be checking in on you. If something hurts, we need to evaluate it. We need to really make sure you're not going to have another one. Plus, the other part is when we hide it, it creates a little bit of an internal scar. And so one of the other big parts of falls is the mental health piece. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes a fear. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that fear can paralyze us to the next one. And so we want to process everything, whether physically or mentally, so that we can create a safer environment for the future. And that walker situation was the same thing. He never wanted to use the walker. He kept falling. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not using that thing. It's embarrassing. I, and it, we just had to hammer it into him. I'm like, you're not going to use this. We're going to put you on a scooter. Right. Yes. But sometimes they get excited about that. <laughs> yeah, then it's it was like, like wheels. A wheels are like <laughs> the modern day Cadillac. So it was it's like better a go-kart. Yeah. He was actually more thrilled about the little scooter thing yeah. than the walker. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're learning some good stuff here today. And we're speaking with Brittany McKinney. She's a physician's assistant with Shea Medical. And we're talking all about falls and just how serious they are and the ramifications of falls. We're going to continue our conversation with Brittany right after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, of course, and our guest in the studio that is Brittany McKinney. Brittany is a physician's assistant with Shea Medical. We're talking all about falls today. And Mary, during the break, we, we were just having a, a, a little discussion about where we wanted to go next. And in a, in a little bit, we're going to learn the proper way to fall, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. Uh, but before that, well, let's get to prevention, because that's really yeah. kind of the name of the game here. Exactly. Brittany, tell us a little bit about what older adults and caregivers can do. You know, we've talked all about what causes falls, but what can you do to prevent a fall? Um, And then we'll get to the injury part. Hopefully, not loving the injury part. Let me take that back. Don't love that. But 
prevention. It's everything. So when we talk about what goes into a fall, there's so many things that our body does to help create a balance. And Mm -hmm. so if you think about a fall, how you should prevent it is really focusing on your senses. So Mm -hmm. our brain's ability to adapt to our environment, whether we're inside or outside, uses sight, hearing, touch, all of those components to make sure we can stay safe. Mm -hmm. And so when we focus on prevention, we look at each of those elements to kind of create a foundation to make sure we are supported in all the ways. Because ultimately, believe it or not, you're talking about having to learn to walk up to Mm -hmm. how to walk Mm -hmm. upstairs again. That's exactly it. Like our body, we actually have to break down everything we do into our senses Mm -hmm. so that we can understand where we are and how it works. So I give the example of hearing. People are like, why does hearing matter. And there's a ton of studies that go into this and there's not a 100% clear data, but you actually, it's around like 1.7% increased risk of falls with hearing deficits. Really? And so we think it's associated with sometimes with our inner ear, so vestibular, so the balance part when things come around. But as we age, this is one of the more common things we talk about with hearing deficits. But if you don't think about it and you realize like when you're walking, if you change a texture on the floor, you hear your foot scuff or you hear the texture change. So that's an input that we're getting. Mm -hmm. So if you can't hear like a texture change and maybe you can't feel that texture change because of neuropathy or numbness in your feet, you don't have that awareness where you might if you could hear it. So Mm -hmm. hearing is so important, especially with one of the falls prevention pieces, um, sight. That's a huge one, obviously. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. as we age, so many amazing changes when it comes to vision, but depth perception is one. Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of gauge, is this a step up or is it just a darkened stain on the carpet? What's Mm -hmm. happening here? And so vision is a huge piece in making sure that our eyes are working properly. It's a well-lit environment. I can't stress that enough because light in our eyes, we work best in the perfect neutral zone. So Mm -hmm. we don't want overexposure with light. We don't want underexposure. We need the perfect amount of light so that as we age, our eyes can work at the perfect level. So prevention really starts with making sure you're breaking down your whole day, which Mm -hmm. is such a big deal, um, with your senses and how you can best support yourself and where you're going to be walking and things of that nature. It's really interesting you say the hearing piece because I got those new Apple Pro earbuds and they do this like noise canceling thing where it like shuts out everything. I don't know if you guys have put these on, but it like sucks into your ear and it cancels everything. And I'm trying to walk the dogs with these earbuds in and I feel like I don't know quite, there's some sort of spatial thing going on where I just can't get myself comfortable with it. I'm trying to figure out how to cut off the canceling, which I'm, this is what I bought them for, but (laughs) I just don't like it. Reverse it, reverse it. I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. There's so many pieces. Um, The other one that I failed to mention, but of course is huge, is muscles. And Mm -hmm. so as we age, just natural aging, we lose muscle tone and each year, no matter how hard you work in that gym, you could hit it every single morning, you're still going to lose some of that lean muscle mass. And that affects us more than we realize. And so I always tell all of my patients, we're going to focus on two main muscle groups when we talk about prevention. And those are going to be your quadriceps, so the muscles on the front of your legs, and your hamstrings, which are the muscles on the back of your legs. So whether they're weak or too tight or just achy, all of the above continue to contribute to risk factors. So if there's two muscles you can focus 
focus and hone in on, those are your two most important muscles that are going to support falls prevention Mm -hmm. and just stability as a whole. You sound like my physical therapist. Um, but (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think you and I could be friends. Yeah, you probably could. Um, He he said, you know, I don't know if it was the chicken or the egg because you were limping before you had surgery or you were correcting things with the way I was walking with my hip. And he said, but now your hip is like one hip is completely you know, uh, different than the other. And that's why I'm having to think about coming up the stairs and turning my knee out, turning my knee out, but it's my hip isn't strong enough. Um, which is wild to me that like, you know, he was like your core, your hip, all the things, and that's all impacting your knee and my inability to walk correctly. So he was like chicken or egg, I don't know, but you have to fix your hip. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Right. Um, so it's wild. It's interesting how everything is so connected with your muscles. I feel like we all need a walking class like each yes. year of our life because clearly our body doesn't stay the same. But it would be something that we could be like our own little professional athletes where we could be taught based right. on the year we are and how right. our body is, how we can walk. And it would be so much more successful. Yes, yes. Are there exercises, speaking of muscles, that you can do to prevent falling? So honing in on those muscle groups, of mm-hmm. course, are going to be stabilizing to support muscle strength, stretching, mm-hmm. stretching, stretching. I can't stress it enough. So when we do an exercise, it is not about doing a lift of a heavy weight or things mm-hmm. like that. The most important part is you do both. You do the exercise and then you stretch because when we do an exercise, the point of that is to create more muscle. Mm-hmm. But in order to help build and maintain that muscle, we have have to stretch it back out. So it's a twofold issue. So making sure no matter what exercise, whether it's just a squat to stand or whether it's just lifting our knees to our belly as we're sitting or whether it's kicking out, any movement involving our upper legs with our quadriceps and hamstrings, huge in the prevention component. But then make sure you're stretching. Stretching should really be done on average, twice a day, first thing in the morning, at the end of the day, um, just to help support a healthy body because Mm -hmm. that's gonna help with range of motion and it's gonna help with just the muscle's ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite is I had a hundred and, I believe she was a 102 year old patient. Amazing, like literally my inspiration when I grew up. So we were talking and I was asking her, you know, of course, always my top question, what's the secret to life? Tell me everything (laughs) you know. and. One of my questions I always like to ask is, what's your favorite exercise? You know, what do you like to do? Tai Chi. And this is where so many people don't know about it. And I have to say my top recommendation is Tai Chi. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Studies have actually shown that is one of the, I think it's actually the last study I saw, was the one proven exercise regimen that actually is false preventative. And so by doing Tai Chi, you don't have to be some superstar Olympic athlete being able to touch your toes. It does not matter. You can do Tai Chi sitting. You can do it standing. You can do it on one foot. You can do it on two feet plus four walker legs. It doesn't matter. You can do it any way. And it's going to help with lengthening of your muscles and stability. There's so many beautiful pieces to Tai Chi. So that's another big one I definitely recommend. It's so interesting. My grandfather, he's 95 um, and he does Tai Chi and he goes to the YMCA and does Tai Chi. And when he told me he did it, I was like, that's so cool. But like, why? And I didn't even think about falls prevention. Yeah. Falls prevention. It is the top exercise regimen. And it's really hard to find. Yes. There are not a lot of Tai Chi. So I'm like, 
thrilled. Yeah. I want to know which YMCA your grandfather goes to because that, like, I just want to give them kudos. You can't find these classes everywhere. So learning it, I always say order the tapes online. That's cool. Get whatever it takes. Find the YouTube videos. They're everywhere. But definitely incorporating it in your daily routine. That's huge. Can you just explain real quick what Tai Chi is? Because I think a lot of us just have yeah. some sort Taekwondo of nebulous or, yeah. idea yeah. of what it is. But can, can you just describe it for someone who's maybe not familiar with Tai Chi? So Tai Chi as a whole is kind of a focus on your body's awareness in space. And so the biggest thing when we talk about Tai Chi, and so this once again boils down to our senses that we were talking about, what we're doing is with each movement, you're actually thinking about where your body is in space and you're performing that range of motion, whether it's like an ex- extending your arm out and reaching towards the sky or kind of leaning in one direction. But no matter what you're doing, it's a slow pace pattern that you're focusing on your body's location and space so that it's a slow rhythm routine. Um, so imagine it like the perfect stretch is how I mm-hmm. like to describe it because it's keeping you to kind of lengthen your body in doing that motion but at the same time you're building muscle fibers Mm -hmm. when you're doing it so it's kind of this double win because it feels great and it's not exhausting but at the same time it works in prevention that's really good very cool well we're going to continue our conversation with Brittany mckinney she's a physician assistant with shea medical and we're going to continue our conversation on falls right after this you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Hey, if you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go online to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. Org. Jason Kong and Mary Lucas here with our guest. We have Brittany McKinney with us in the studio. Brittany is a physician assistant with Shea Medical, and she is helping us discuss all thing falls. And we've discussed uh, just the severity of falls, uh, how to prevent them. And uh, now, Mary, we're progressing in our discussion here. Yes, absolutely. Something I was thinking about in our last conversation, my my grandfather, when he did fall, and, and we talked about that earlier, and he lied to us, um, and we said, no, we, joke's on you, we know what's, what's going on. Um, and But he fell, and then he immediately was like, well, I'm just not going to get up any, you know, give me a hand urinal, and I'll sit here instead of getting up to try to use the bathroom with a walker, um, because that was just too cumbersome for him. Um, so... So I was thinking, does limiting mobility help prevent falls? So the best phrase to respond to that is use it or Mm. lose it. Mm. Because if we don't continue to do the activity, 
one, we create a fear of an action, which then sets us up for another fall. But then the other part is, is if we're not doing that mobility piece, then eventually we're going to be reducing what we're doing for the day and getting weaker in our capacity. So whether it's the urinal at bedtime, there are times that I have to say we adapt. So, of course, there are higher frequency areas in a home that we're more likely to fall in around the bed is especially a big one and around the toilet and in the bathroom and around the shower that's a huge one um so that's where i often say you know if it's something that we're reoccurring we try to identify what caused the fall how can we prevent it going forward but then if it's something that's repetitive or things that we can't change because we get up in the night and we're just too dizzy or we're weaker or more stiff from our wonderful joints of a couple years then ultimately at the end of the day maybe it is putting a urinal at the bedside because i would much rather you walk all day long than be mm-hmm. bedbound as a fall as a result so sometimes i'll negotiate for mm-hmm. a little bit extra exercise during the day to kind of hone off on having to walk to the bathroom at night definitely something we can modify but the biggest thing is making sure that if we're reducing activity that we're compensating it in another way we're doing it in another form that we feel more safe Mm -hmm. in doing it so if we don't feel comfortable until our knee stops swelling then we go and we sit on a bicycle where we're Mm -hmm. sitting still and we're able to still get that range of motion and kind of mobility with that that's really helpful to know. I, I want to touch on the DME or durable medical equipment piece of this because there are things like, you know, the little, I don't even know what it's called. You, you probably know what it's called. The little thing you put over the toilet with the handles on it mm-hmm. or the walker or, you know, you can have a cane or there's plenty of things you can do to keep you moving. Um, talk to us a little bit about how the, the importance of medical equipment and where that comes into this. That's probably one of my patients' least favorite things about me (laughs) because I come in your home and I will totally give you accessories you never knew you wanted. Um, And they aren't always the most beautiful either. We can put a little bow on it and pretend, but they still don't look so great. So, yes, everything you do there's something you can modify. And I often say first thing, so go for the cheapest option. So where a patient is kind of wall grazing and Mm -hmm. kind of holding the rails or like holding certain areas, if you grab the wall in that location, there should be a handle there. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of walk through the home in that capacity, but the bedside commode is something that or a raised toilet commode, that's something that ultimately it's really hard as we get older to get from a seated position to Mm -hmm. standing without pushing up on the sides of us. So chairs that don't have handles on both sides, Mm -hmm. it's hysterical because if you go into a group setting, no one will sit in those chairs because they know they're going to get stuck. (laughs) And if there are no other options, everyone's standing to figure out what they're going to do because it's a panic. (laughs) They'll leave. I'm not even exaggerating. So it makes sense. So having that raised toilet seat just gives you that extra stability so that when you need to stand up, you can push up. So those are huge. And we're talking like $19.99 from the pharmacy down the street. So simple, so critical. Um, Then, of course, we can start moving into the really fun Cadillacs of Cadillacs where we talk about our two wheeled walker versus our rollator walker versus our rollator with a basket and all the accessories of a drink holder an umbrella holder you name it they it's a market Um, but they're critical and the most important thing is it has to be fitted for you they're not Mm -hmm. all created equally and of course the Cadillac of Cadillacs I describe as the rollators with the basket and the bag and everything 
not it's not safe for everyone. They're right. fast. And it's crazy to think that there you really need to be evaluated to make sure do you need the one that has the gliders or the tennis ball, the two-wheeled walker, or do you need a rollator? Can you keep up with the speed so that it's safest for you? But ultimately at the end of the day, six legs is way better than two legs. Right. So making sure that whatever addition you add to your accessories that you're making sure it's a safe one for you because that's the big piece of the puzzle. You know, it's it's funny now, but at the time it was stressful. My grandfather that I keep mentioning has since passed, um, but we, we gave him the Cadillac of Cadillacs and we got him one of those fast ones. And it, I chuckled when you said, you know, it's not always safe to have one of those because can you react quick enough? He could not react quick enough. It's so common. You yeah. actually need training. And this yes. is where like our physical therapists of the world are my best friends yes. because you really need to be cued. You need to focus on standing up tall. You really need to keep it close to you. I think the most common, we didn't even touch a cane probably because they're my least favorite just Mm -hmm. because not everyone even uses them properly. But if you are having to lean on a durable medical equipment, like a cane or a walker, Mm -hmm. and you're putting your body weight on it, you're past that. You need something else. Right. So you really, these devices should be something that are loosely held in your hands. So as you're walking and going along, it's there for support. It's not physically holding you up, but right. it's there to give you that extra balance when you might need it. Um, right. So it's all about making sure it works. But these physical therapists of the world make the world go round because they can train you on how to use these properly. They can make sure they're sized properly. I can't tell you how many people get a walker from the neighbor down the hall and it's like all the way up to their like rib cage and it's like (laughs) causing a shoulder injury because they're holding it so high and injuries are real and we have to make sure everything's fitted properly. So it's so important that when you get a walker, whether it's a simple one or a Cadillac, that you just have someone take a look at it. Whether it's a physical therapist, your primary care provider, someone needs to look at it and make sure it is fitted perfectly for you. Don't wait too late like we did. And my, I went and saw my grandfather the day he got his little fast machine and he ran right into a dining room table, knocked the whole table over, didn't apologize to the people when all their food is all over them. I'm mortified. And we leave and he was like, watch my three-point turn. I was like, no, 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 no. No three-point turns right now in the elevator while there's other people in the elevator. And I immediately texted my dad. I was like, take the keys. We have to train him. We have to go to driving school. You do. It was so, so bad. It's a referral. And medical Medicare covers it. So why not? Like these are the things that Medicare covers when we get a new device. They cover the fitting. They cover the actual training for proper use. They cover the education of the environment to make sure not only is the patient safe, but all the neighbors that are going to get on the elevator (laughs) are also safe. Because believe it or not, that happens every single day in my community. Oh my gosh. It's something that you need education to support your health (laughs) and the health of the community around you. Because these devices, we haven't used them our whole life. Yeah. So we have to realize we can't just jump on and start it, rolling with it. It was pretty bad. I, I, I saved the voicemail on my phone and I listened to it every once in a while for a good laugh. But it's my grandfather calling me and he said, I figured out the stop button. And I was like, <laughs> not before you knocked over everybody in the dining room. You made the woman like practically cry. You run over someone in the elevator. Right. I'm just in the hallways and some of the facilities and you're you very well aware are very small. And so you're navigating a walker or these fast little machines like not easy i'm gonna be honest like i don't even have my license to push 
people in wheelchairs, I definitely don't have my license to drive these devices because I would not do good. I, like, I would totally knock over a table. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. It's hard. Yeah, we did take away that fast machine. We got them. There is, you can downgrade into a slower yes. machine. <laughs> the scooter, the three-wheel scooter is a little bit safer oftentimes. And yeah. yeah, there's lots of adaptations. And that's what we all need. We just need to figure out what we need yeah. and make sure it's safe. As caregivers, we're always looking for solutions to help, but making sure you have the right device and one that's fitted properly really is key and that you have the right training as well. We're speaking with Brittany McKinney. Brittany is a physician assistant with Shea Medical, and we're going to continue with one more segment here on Falls. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest in the studio with us is Brittany McKinney. She's a physician assistant with Shea Medical, and we're talking about all things related to falls and how serious they are, how to prevent them. And now we're getting into the discussion of what happens if we do fall. Yes, um, this will be very informative to me in case I fall again. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Brittany, if you feel yourself falling, is there anything you can do to try to prevent injury? Absolutely. So the natural reflex for all of us is going to be to throw our hands out. Yes. And we try to catch ourselves, but it's also the natural way you break a hand bone. Oh. So it's a challenge because you really, when you fall, you should kind of curl up to support yourself. I mean, there are different types of falls, as my patient very much describes it. It wasn't really a fall. <laughs> so, you know, everything's relative <laughs> with description. So let's break down the fall types that aren't really falls. Um, there's the time that you're just kind of standing in a hallway and just hit the wall. Um, just like a car, put all of your limbs into the car. You want to keep yourself kind of tight up. So that way you're not outstretching your arm or increasing your risk of hitting your elbow or your fingers and jamming those. Um, but ultimately, your next step, of course, as we start dropping with gravity and hitting the ground, mm -hmm. hopefully it's a slide, although that is still a fall technically because we hit the ground. But slides, the slower you go down, the more gravity is your friend. So anytime you're falling, if you can slow yourself down, whether it's leaning against something to get down, it helps to brace the impacts. So you're less likely to sustain a more traumatic injury. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when life happens and you can't exactly slow gravity down, let me know if you can, because I want to figure that out for everyone. But ultimately, when you do hit the big fall, the biggest piece of the puzzle is making sure you're protecting your head. Um, so our whole body is so critical, but something about our brain, it really helps to be working and it helps to be fully intact. So you want to try to avoid head injuries when you have a fall. So the biggest thing, depending on whether you're falling forwards or you're falling backwards, you want to make sure your environment is primed for success. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know, it's like childproofing a home with a kid. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes as we age. We want to make sure those 
beautiful antique pieces of furniture aren't positioned with a perfect corner <laughs> right near that bedside table that's going to increase our risk of a giant kind of tear or things like that. Right. So um, making sure your environment is set with kind of removal of those sharp objects or sharp corners, because if you do fall backwards, you can't see where you're going. And so that's where you want to make sure all of the area around you is hopefully nice and soft. Mm -hmm. um, but tucking and do the head tuck where your chin is down to your chest, kind of covering your head with your hands, mm -hmm. that's going to be the safest approach. Um, we always hope, of course, we have adequate cushion on our tail and our hips because that gives us a little bit more bounce to our fall. Mm -hmm. But, of course, as we get older, our frailness can affect our mobility, so our hips are always a big area of concern. Um, but the top thing I have to say is once you have fallen, don't stay there. I can't tell you how many severe life-changing events occur because my patients stay there for prolonged time periods. So mm. anything more than five to 10 minutes is too long. So your muscles actually start to break down and then you can start to go into all sorts of complications like renal failure and all these other things. So my patients that have had like the most life-changing falls they're down on the ground for a couple of hours, if not a couple of days, where oh, these people no. want to try to get up on their own. They don't have access to kind of calling someone, things like that. So when we talk about how to pro fall properly, you should plan your fall. Because if we plan it, it's less likely to happen. But right. then when it does happen, we know what to do. So just like protecting our body, we also want to make sure we have a means of communication to mm -hmm. call someone. So when you're not wearing that wonderful button that your entire family tells you to wear all day, every day, <laughs> and you leave it on your walker, which is next to you, but you weren't holding or you parked it at the door because you don't need it in your apartment, all of those fun details, you need to find a way that you can get communication to someone if you fall. Um, so that's a huge piece of planning ahead of time in addition to protecting yourself when you are falling. That's good advice. Are there signs for an emergency that someone should think about or a caregiver should even think about after a fall? Absolutely. So just because, like in I use your grandfather's case is perfect. Mm -hmm. Just because when EMS arrives, we can tell them go away, it doesn't mean you're in the clear. So mm -hmm. the biggest thing is can we stand up? So when I do a falls assessment, whether it happened today or two days ago, I'm always going to do the same kind of strategic approach. And one, I'm going to make sure that patient can stand up and bear weight on those feet. I want to make sure that they can move their joints like they should be able to move them and they're not having pain. So that's probably the biggest is that they can stand up or have range of motion at their baseline. Because if we've had a fracture, we might not notice it immediately because mm -hmm. we often don't try to walk a lot after we right. fall. And then it's day two that we're like, oh, my groin really hurts. And lo and behold, we have a pelvic fracture. Um, so these things can hide and manifest a little bit later. But then the other things I would say most often would be um, focusing in on the head. So mm -hmm. if we've had a head injury, if you've hit your head or there's a chance you've hit your head, you need to tell your nearest and dearest friends, family, loved ones, caregivers, whomever, that you've fallen and you hit your head. Mm -hmm. Of course, this also takes into a higher level of kind of concern when we're taking those wonderful medications like aspirin or Plavix or Clopidogrel or Warfarin or Coumadin, all these blood thinners for a lot of heart conditions and things like that. They increase the risk of this next thing from happening more. So mm -hmm. it's something we need to be extra careful for. But 
head injuries can lead to brain bleeds. And the worst part about this is when we have a fall, we go to the emergency room right then and there, and we're mm-hmm. like, I went to the emergency room. My head, my imaging was good. I'm, I'm totally fine. But most brain bleeds don't show up on imaging for 48 hours. And oh. so that's when the symptoms start to come around. So the symptoms I always educate my patients on is monitoring for nausea, any vision changes or dizziness that's not normal in their capacity or it persists despite mm-hmm. drinking water, um, headaches that are persisting, and then, of course, altered mental status. Our three least favorite words, probably outside of a fall, is being confused. And so if your family member, friend, loved one isn't themselves, Mm -hmm. go back to the ER. Go get that head scan to make sure there's not a brain bleed that's going to lead to a life-threatening change um, because that's the biggest piece. And so that can occur up to 48 hours after that initial injury and sometimes even longer. It really just depends, but most are going to occur within 48 hours. That's great advice. My grandfather, we keep talking about, not to keep talking about him, um, he fell and hit the fireplace on his head. And my grandmother, this is before they moved into independent living, but in a few hours, he started not to make sense. And we were like, and, and she was blind, and I don't know how she called 911, but he ended up having a brain bleed and was in ICU and unresponsive for weeks. Yeah. It's... Um, it was it was horrible. He had to learn how to use utensils, use his hands again, was in rehab for months um, before he went you know, finally we were able to get him to independent living, but a fall, I mean, that could have killed him. It's our least favorite reaction between that and a hip fracture. Yes. I I think I would prefer a hip fracture Yes, because the recovery isn't as traumatic, but they all, they change everything. So it's something about doing it Um, and just making sure across the board when it happens, we know what to look for, but also our family knows what to look for because the reality is as a patient, we can't really see these symptoms. Plus, we don't want to tell anyone about it because it's scary and that's right. so many things happen. So if you're alone, that's when I always say, like, have your friends, family call you. Mm-hmm. FaceTime someone every so many hours for, like, the next couple of days. Use it as a great excuse to see your family and loved ones more frequently because guess what? They will call <laughs> and they will talk to you knowing that it's really important for your safety. So it's critical to do. I love that. Before we close out here, I forgot at the beginning the show to talk a little bit more about Shea Medical. Can you tell us a little bit about where you all are and and what you all do in the community? Yeah, thanks for asking. So Shea Medical, Shea stands for Senior Health and Education. And so that is the foundation of our practice model. So we're a family medicine practice that focuses in adult and geriatric care. So we're based here in the Triangle. Our office is located in Durham. But as I tell all my patients, my office is really their couch because (laughs) I come to them. Um, So we are on-site primary care. So we come to patients in their homes. We go to their independent living facilities, assisted living facilities to provide that comprehensive care so that they don't have to go out to the doctors and be exposed to all the elements of life. That's so needed in this community. I know that so many people are homebound or it's harder for them to get out as we're talking about, you know, all these things with mobility. Um, I think that that's something that is very needed. And thank you for everything you all do in the community. I know we work with you all a lot. And, of course. Um, and you are so helpful to so many. Yeah, we love it. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's You have a fun best. job. It is so much fun. Every day I learn something new. I learn how to be a better human with all my patients. I love that. Like, 
you never stop learning. And truly with Shea Medical, it's the way to go. That's awesome. Brittany, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, this was a wonderful show and you explained things so very well and easily and thoughtfully. We really appreciate it. Brittany McKinney, physician assistant with Shea Medical. If you want to learn more about Shea Medical, you can go online to SheaMedical.com, S-H-A-E, SheaMedical.com. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.